Stephanie Montag and her husband have been traveling and living overseas for over eight years since he retired from the military. She started the military travel website, Pop and Smoke, to provide info to military families who want to travel and live overseas. Up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Did you know that Navy Federal Credit Union offers digital tools and educational resources to help guide your financial decisions? Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Hey, today we're talking with Stephanie Montag, who is the founder and editor-in-chief of the military travel website, Pop and Smoke. Um, as a spouse of an Army retiree, Stephanie created Pop and Smoke to help members of the military community make the most of their travel-related benefits and their life after the military. Stephanie and her husband have been traveling and living overseas since he retired from the Army in 2015. And Stephanie, you're, you're currently, uh, since... Um, for the last couple of years, you've been living living in Spain, which is awesome. So, really looking forward to hearing all that and what what kind of good gouge you can get uh, as a military family um, traveling overseas and, and even living overseas. Um, before we get into all that, take us back and tell us about your background with uh, you know growing up and and how you became a military spouse and all the different places you and your husband have been stationed. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Uh, thanks for having me. First of all, I'm happy to be a guest here. Um, I actually met my husband sort of at the tail end of his career. I was living in Washington, D.C., and that's where we met. And uh, we started dating and were dating long distance for a time, too, after he moved over, uh, moved to another duty station. So through some various deployments and and then back and forth to D.C., I actually stayed in my career there. I have a, a background in business. So I was a management consultant and then we got married about four years before he retired. And then he retired in 2015 out of the Pentagon. Mm -hmm. And where did the, where the, did you and your husband start after he retired? Did, did you guys start traveling right away or where did this travel bug come from? As we were looking toward his retirement, we were kind of thinking we wanted to do something different and we didn't really know exactly what it was. So we didn't have young kids in the house. My two stepsons both had access to a GI bill if they wanted to use it. We didn't have any debt. I was kind of tired of my job and looking to do something else. And it just kind of seemed mm -hmm. like there was no, you know, why not do something different? And so we kind of started talking about the idea of taking a year off and it was really just supposed to be like a gap year uh -huh. where we would travel around and then come back. Um, and then some things fell into place. Like we, we really didn't decide until probably six months before that that was exact, actually what we were going to do. Um, but then we took off. His, he retired in May 2015. And then that summer we took off and we kicked it off with a road trip around the U.S., and then uh, we flew Space A to Europe that fall. Okay, that's awesome. So um, after you, you and your husband have been been traveling overseas for almost seven years now, uh, living the good life, um, you're, you're a freelance writer and you started up the, the website Pop and Smoke, uh, mainly because um, you, you've learned a lot about how to get around overseas using military travel benefits, um, where the great places are to live, um, even... even uh, 
like the last time we talked, one of the first things I asked you was, what about health insurance, like TRICARE or whatever? And you knew all the answers to that and what the issues were. So um, talk about where you came up with the idea for Pop and Smoke. I mean, I, obviously we know where it's coming from, but how did that, how did that evolve? So I actually didn't start Pop and Smoke until after we traveled for more than a year already. Mm-hmm. And I basically, I was shocked by how many people I met, many members of the military community that had no idea that these benefits existed, let alone how to use them. And I think the fact that I didn't, you know, move or I joined my husband when he was a little bit later in his career gave me a fresher perspective on these benefits because you know, we would go places around the world and we could stay in base lodging. We could go on a scuba diving trip. We could take the free flights. We could stay in like the Halikoa, the fancy military resort hotel in Hawaii. And I, I was kind of shocked. I kept saying to my husband, it's almost like you belong to some kind of worldwide country club or something. You can go everywhere and use all these things. Yeah. And I think you know, people that grew up in the military and then served 20 years and so on, they, after a while, that's just part of your, you know, what standard at duty stations. It's just, I think people don't even think about using that stuff from a more, like from a travel perspective, like going somewhere, right. going to a, a cool base location and renting boats and going scuba diving and mm-hmm. things like that. So that was part of the, the, the motivation to create it was because I really wanted people to know about and learn how to use these benefits. And initially I targeted retired and soon to be retired people because the retirees were the group that I felt were probably the most removed from their benefits and didn't even, you know, at least likely to realize that they could use all these things. Sure. And also when I say soon to be retirees, there's a couple really cool benefits you can use, but you need to plan ahead. So for example, retired from the military and then, but you can request to store your household goods for free for a year. Uh-huh. On that last, that last move out of the, out of the military. Yes. You get one and then, the <laughs> yeah, one last move. And then if you, you have to request approval, but um, they, you can, if you get approved, you can have a free year of household goods storage at the end of the year, then they'll complete, you get the second half of that move. Basically they'll move you either to your home of record or to your home of selection. Mm-hmm. But you also have the option to request to extend even further up to six years after retirement. And again, you have to be approved for that. And at that point you're it's on your own dime, but we actually extended our move until we didn't take our household goods until five years after my husband retired. Wow. No kidding. I'd never heard of that. I knew you, I knew you got one move on the way out, whether you, whether you retire or whether you just get out EAS. Um, and I thought it, it used to be, did it used to be, you could extend it for one year and so, but now it's six. I mean, that's crazy. That's awesome. Well, I think that the one year is free. Mm-hmm. Uh, this way the you're it's just a year of free household good storage, which is seemed like a pretty great deal to us. And it's, it's, you know, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that don't even realize this is an option. Of course you have to get approved, but um, it's to me, it's like a ticket to freedom, you know, because when you're, you have so right. many things that you're thinking about when you're coming out of the military. So, you know, not having to pick what's supposed to be your forever home right away, not having to deal with all that stuff and maybe taking a break like we did and, even people who want to travel for like six months and just reconnect with their family, you know, 
just think through what you truly want to do. It's, it's an incredible benefit, but again, you have to plan ahead a little bit to be able to use it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, Hey, we're going to take a quick break. So we're going to keep talking about the travel, your, your, your travel site, pop and smoke. So hold that thought. We'll be right back. We hope you're able to spend this holiday season with your loved ones. The military family knows more than anyone that we are not always able to spend the holidays together. And those of you that are serving away from your family this year know that we appreciate your sacrifice. As the holidays come to an end and we get back to work and those bills start arriving from all of our holiday shopping, remember that Navy Federal can help you get back on track. You can get a low intro APR on their platinum credit card. It's their lowest rate card and it's a great tool to pay down debt. Navy Federal even has multiple savings and investment options to help you get closer to your financial goals. With Navy Federal, you can automate your savings and investing to put your money to work even as you sleep. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Message and data rates may apply. Savings products are insured by NCUA. Investment options are available through Navy Federal Investment Services and are not insured by NCUA. For listeners who served in or worked to the United States Marine Corps, or have family or friends who might have, I wanted to notify you of an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed with updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering with the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at marines.mil slash clwater. That's C-L as in Charlie Lima. That's marines.mil slash clwater. All right, back talking with Stephanie Montag, founder and editor-in-chief of the military travel website, Pop and Smoke. So Stephanie, um, having been in the Marine Corps for 24 years and traveled all around the world and it's currently an, an airline pilot doing internationally. I definitely get the overseas travel thing. Um, there's no doubt, uh, the U S democracy and capitalism, best, best, best way to run a government. It's not perfect, but, um, definitely in my opinion, best way to run a government and, and an economy. Um, but let's face it, there are some things culturally, um, that aren't that great or aren't that appealing about the U S uh, mm-hmm. which is why it's awesome to travel overseas because other, other places in the world, other countries just have a different perspective on life. And, you know, culturally speaking, uh, some of that stuff is much more appealing and relaxing and easygoing. Um, and so what is it, what is it you and your husband, you know, what, what are some of the top items why you guys really like not only just traveling live overseas, but now living overseas? Mm-hmm. Personally, I've always just kind of had the travel book. So I will say I just, you know, anytime my whole life, I was asked that question, like, what would mm-hmm. you do if you had a million dollars or something? The answer was always that I would travel. Uh, but um, as we started, so there's a few answers to that. So for one, one interesting discovery we made as we started traveling overseas is that it can be significantly cheaper for an equal or better lifestyle um, to the U S. So during, as we were traveling around the U S we were actually thinking we might try to move to San Diego, which after DC is not that big a sticker shock, but (laughs) then when we were in Western Europe, for example, we, we 
you know, made some good friends there, like our Airbnb host and some other people. Like, I realized that you don't have to move to Southeast Asia to to live cheaply. But even in like Western Europe, someone who is well into their career and doing pretty well by local standards actually makes some a comparable amount to, you know, my husband's retirement or less. Mm-hmm. And so that was pretty eye-opening to realize that we could you know, be on the coast of Spain or in a European city for a fraction of the cost of San Diego. And so it's, and really, unless you're talking about major cities, most places are kind of cheaper than the U.S. If you're also comparing a um, a city in the U.S. and I'm kind of a city person. Uh-huh. Other reasons that we've lived overseas, we lived in Japan for two and a half years. And the impetus for that was because my husband is half Japanese and he wanted to learn the language and do intensive language study. Uh, but uh, that's why we ended up there. And then we just kept, that was supposed to be six months. And then we just kept extending. Mm-hmm. I think it's, yeah, it's just, I like the sort of daily adventure, the daily challenge of navigating, you know, the new way of life and all that. Um, I like practicing, you know, language skills or learning new languages. And then to your point earlier, I think when you live overseas, you feel a little bit less invested in the country's problem. So you're, you know, you're, there's a little bit of blissful, blissful ignorance. Like you don't know all the sure. things that are going sure. on necessarily depending on how carefully you follow it. But mm-hmm. so it, it, it feels like there's less tension, even though there might not be. Right. At least you're just disconnected from it. So, um, right. so on the, on the pocket pop and smoke website, pop and um, what are some of the things that, you have on your website and what are some of the services and information? Basically, basically you're like giving people the gouge on how to travel overseas, military folks, how to travel overseas and even how to live overseas. Yes. It's some of both. So I would say there's a ton of information about using DOD travel related benefits. So flying space a on military aircraft, staying in space, a lodging on bases, staying in military recreational lodging, all around the world using recreation facilities and then things like, you know, the, those other benefits that people don't know about, like the, the free household good storage, also using TRICARE overseas. And then we also talk quite a little bit about, uh, yes, the asp- living overseas and what we call slow travel. So once you've, you know, you might've arrived on a military flight, but once you get there, you're not going to spend all your time on a military base we personally recommend, you know, renting an Airbnb or some other apartment and just kind of soaking up the vibe of wherever you go, not necessarily going to every church and museum that you can, and then moving on to the next city, but just staying until you feel like leaving. Mm -hmm. That's, that's how we enjoy traveling. I've also uh, cultivated a pretty good sized community of veterans who are interested in living or working, maybe only temporarily overseas in their civilian life. So I have a Facebook group that now has about 4,000 members. Um, It's called U.S. Military Retirees and Veterans Living Overseas. So whether people come out and they just, they really enjoyed their overseas duty station and they would love to, you know, they still want to work, but it's more fun to do it in Germany or something. Or folks that like us that are just retired, there's a lot of veterans that are interested in that who, who also share, you know, your view, my view that there's something about being overseas sometimes that feels um, easier or lighter, I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you got, uh, in addition to pop and you also have uh, pop and smoke is also on Facebook 
And yes. you just mentioned the US, U.S. military retirees and veterans overseas Facebook group. So if anybody's looking looking to get in on either one of those, just go go find both of those on Facebook. Are they closed groups? Uh, the, my page is a, is just a public page, but the group mm-hmm. you just have to answer a few questions to join, just because I want to make sure. Okay. It's always tricky with the military groups trying to find a way to verify that someone is actually military without asking for their ID or their DD two fourteen. But right, we try. right, yeah. <laughs> um, so. So one of the main questions that, that I have, which I'm sure a lot of people have is, um, especially if they've retired, like what, what, did, how does the health insurance work overseas typically, especially mm-hmm. in the Euro- European theater, um, mm-hmm. in, in TRICARE and TRICARE Select and all that standard. Mm-hmm. So basically if you are enrolled in a TRICARE program, you are covered anywhere in the world. You don't have to tell them you're going to travel or anything like that. You just go. The difference is that, in most locations, you'll have to pay for the care yourself and then submit a claim. And then typically they'll, like if you're a retiree, they'll reimburse 75%. But of course, that's that might sound a little scary because we know how expensive healthcare is in the United States, but yes. the healthcare overseas is generally a fraction of the cost. I mean, to be honest, like my husband cut his finger pretty deeply on our blender in, in Japan. He went to kind of a, an urgent care type clinic I think it was like $70 for stitches and uh, some antibiotics and things like that. So, you know, that's, it, it makes it easy. I mean, you can still file for the claim and so on, but it's, it's not the same as if you had to pay out of pocket first in the United States. Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, there are some locations where they're, they're such a large military community that you have providers that are, that will file it for you. We haven't experienced that, but, uh, on the whole, I mean, it's just very, very easy. And that's, to me, the TRICARE coverage after retirement is one of the most underrated benefits that we have as members, as retirees, just because oh, yeah. that is, that's what allows you to be an entrepreneur, honestly. How many, how many people, how many civilians would like to be an entrepreneur, but they don't know what they will do for health insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us, that's huge. And then also not having to worry about insurance wherever we go and so on. Right. What are some of the other big ticket items that you, you typically see somebody who's still in the U S and hadn't traveled overseas very much, but they want to, what are some of their main concerns? Some of their big items that they're always wanting to get answers on. I think what people worry about the language barrier, that's, I think that's, it's a non-issue. You know, we, we figured it out in Japan. We landed there. We didn't speak a word. We couldn't read anything. (laughs) Somehow we we made it through. Uh, I think they, they think of travel as very expensive. And again, it just doesn't have to be. So obviously if you take a military space, a flight, the flight was free, but even if you don't, cause that's not going to be the right option for many situations. There's so many ways to travel cheaply. I think when people are vacationing for a week or two a year and it's a big deal and they're splurging, you know, they're staying at a nice hotel or resort or something like that. Sure. It's really expensive, but when you want to do it for a longer period, you rent an apartment so you can cook some of your own meals and you're not eating in restaurants all the time. You can get a weekly or a monthly rate and it's just, it's significantly cheaper. Like I said, it, it traveling full time, uh, our budget was way below our monthly budget living in DC. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. And you guys have been in, living overseas for actually living, you've been traveling overseas for like seven years now and living overseas for two, three years. So um, what were some of the things or at what point did it become 
obvious to you guys that you, you know, you're traveling that you didn't really want to go back or you wanted to really dig in and stay long term? That's an interesting question. I would say that's evolved uh, or, or maybe we just yeah. keep kicking the can down the road. Uh, <laughs> I think I would say that after the first year, we figured out that we weren't ready to come back in part. We hadn't picked uh-huh. a place in the United States that we wanted to live. Right. Um, and so for now, we're really enjoying living overseas. Um, having our household goods stored was extremely convenient. And we were, we were paying for it after the first year and it wasn't like pocket change, but at the same time, it was sort of like the price of freedom as I like to call it. <laughs> but, um, that having, we, we, we knew that we needed to get that, get rid of that because that's another thing we realized after a year, we can't even remember what's in those household goods. So we kind of figure we probably don't need most of those things. And so <laughs> right. we didn't, we didn't want to deal with it. And so we spent like years racking our brain trying to figure out how we're going to do this. And so what we had planned to do was try to find uh, a short-term rental, but those are a little bit hard to come by. Like not too many people will have an empty house that they want to rent for only six months, but it needed to be large enough to receive all of our household goods. And ultimately my husband actually found the solution. We, we, we connected with a, a state sale place and they were willing to receive all of our household goods to their warehouse uh-huh. and then sell most of it. We were able to pick, take what we wanted. So we did that in 2020. So now we, I mean, we have a very small storage unit, but we're pretty light on our feet right now. So we can go where we want, but that, of course that was right during COVID. So we haven't had the chance to take care uh, full, take full advantage of that. Wow. So that, uh, the estate sale place took, uh, took delivery of all your goods pretty much sold all of it. And then you, they pick through some of it and like sent the rest of it to you or, or put it in a storage unit somewhere. You pretty much just sold we, all your stuff and never even came back for it. No, we, after they received it, we went to the warehouse. We oh, got to go okay. through it ourselves and see what we wanted. And then they sold. And the bottom line is when you're selling used furniture and kitchen stuff, you're not, you don't get a lot for it. It's not like we, made a lot of money off mm-hmm. that or, right. or anything, but you know, we kind of figured the, you know, even if, so if we rented a place, paid rent on it for those months, then tried to coordinate selling stuff in the middle of COVID, no less. Um, I don't think that we would have come out ahead on that one. Yeah. Plus I think we would have kind of become reattached to some of our stuff when you haven't seen your things in four <laughs> or five years, it's pretty easy just to say, you know, I haven't seen that in years. I don't even, I don't, I don't need it. Yeah. You know, we've recently moved from the Midwest down to Florida and gotten rid of a lot of stuff. And, um, it is interesting how you can, you carry all this stuff around with you from PCS to PCS. And a lot of of my stuff stayed in boxes and never even got unpacked from, from house to house and station to station. And at some point you start going through it and you're like, why have I been dragging this stuff around with me all this time? But, um, you know, sometimes you just gotta cut the cord and get, get rid of it all. So, um, well, what are some of the other things uh, that you, or some of the other co- common misconceptions or concerns that you see from people living overseas? Um, I think people get, well, one thing that I, I don't understand why people get so hung up on is whether they can use like the commissary or the exchange on a military base overseas. Because for example, in Spain, we're by, we're at Rota, 
near Rota Naval Station, uh-huh. retirees are not allowed to shop at the commissary or the main exchange. We can just go to the mini mart, but we can use all of the MWR facilities, the, the gym, the library, the golf course, all that stuff. But uh, we really don't need to shop at the commissary because things are cheaper and really fresher uh, on on the economy. And so I see that complaint a lot, you know, coming up. And, you know, it's similar like in Germany. If you're a resident, you can eventually shop at the commissary, but you have to pay 17% tax. But just if you're traveling through there, you you can't shop anywhere on the base. So... I'm always, that's always curious to me because for the most part, when you travel anywhere else, you don't expect to be able to use there to be like a grocery store at your hotel or, you know, you don't do all your shopping at a store necessarily like buying electronics and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't, that always surprises me that people are so concerned about that. Yeah. And so if there is somebody that's either getting out or looking for retirement and wanting to do a lot of overseas traveling, possibly even, uh, you know, living overseas, what are some of the first things, first steps they should start doing and things they should get in line? If you actually want to live overseas to, to choose a location, I think the first place to start is the embassy website of that country to understand what visa options there are. Mm. Uh, however, before you, go through all that effort, I would just say, go to wherever you think you might want to live and rent an apartment for a few weeks, a few months, Mm -hmm. because your impression when you visited for a vacation is going to be totally different than if you live there for a few weeks. And then again, even longer than that. So I wouldn't recommend taking any major steps like that, uh, like, like applying for a visa until you're pretty sure it's the place that you want to be. Huh. Um, yeah, I never, I never would have, never would have thought of that, but I guess it makes sense. Like, what does each country vary dramatically? Like, uh, if you wanted to go over and live, like, what's the what's the max amount you could expect to get on your visa the first time around? The visas that I've seen typically are good for a year, and then if you don't commit any crimes or anything, you can renew it. Like just the one that we have for Spain. And that's how it works. And so you renew it for two years, you can renew it for two years again. And then if we wanted it five years, we could apply for permanent residence. Mm -hmm. But before you even get like an American passport, you can go to Europe and stay for 90 days, which is plenty of time to understand, you know, to figure out if you actually want to live there, you can go to the UK for six months on an Mm -hmm. American passport. So that's what I, to me, that's a much better starting point. And you know, I'm not even sure what we will do long-term. I don't know if we'll stick with having a residence visa or we'll just kind of, you know, hop around more so that we're not exceeding the tourist visa at any point, because part of the reason that we're, we've been in one place for so long is due to COVID. But if things were open, if all the borders were open, we might be moving around more. Yeah. Now, did you say that if you have an American passport, you can pretty much go most places in Europe for 90 days without any visas? Yes. Okay. That's good to know. I didn't yeah. realize that. And then decide where you may want, if you want to stay for a while, decide where you want to land you know, within the 90 days and then apply for a visa from there. Yes. So one point of clarification on that, there's something called the Schengen zone, which is includes many, but not all of the countries in the EU. So your 90 days is good for any, for the whole zone. So 90 Uh days total, if you go to one country or you go to 10 different countries, but you can't spend 90 days in Spain and then 90 days in France and so on. 
Okay. Is that, is that kind of the, uh, um, have to do with, has it always been that way or does that go back to when, you know, they came out with the Euro and, and the European community combined you know, on a lot of things? Is that where it comes from? I think so. Yeah. Because now there's no passport control. So I'm guessing, uh, yeah, okay. I think that you, your stay in each country was, was separate, which, which would have been nice. It would certainly be easier to stay in Europe for longer, but you can always leave the Schengen zone. So like some of the Eastern, the countries in Eastern Europe, like uh, I think Croatia is still not in the Schengen zone. So you can kind of go out and come back, but the 90 day limit is 90 days within any 180 day period. So you can't spend 90 days, go for a weekend somewhere else and then come back. You'd have to wait another 90 days before you could re-enter. Okay. All right. Well, we are getting close to the end of our time, Stephanie. Um, I'm going to uh, turn your video back on. I actually had Stephanie turn her video off because we were getting some uh, compression buffering issues there, but with the video. Um, so um, thanks for sharing all that information. Um, anything else you want to say about pop and smoke and some of the information that's on there before we, before we head out, I do want to give you the last word and, um, or any uh, final tidbits of advice for anybody that's looking to travel long-term or, or live overseas. Sure. I just, in term, I would just say, take a look at the site, look around and there's a lot of, it's not just our experiences. We have experiences of dozens of other retirees who've done some really cool things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, think about what else you could do, like after your retirement, besides just go back and work a nine to five or anything like that. There's so many interesting things you can do because right. you have all your benefits. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Stephanie. Well, um, to everybody check out uh, popandsmoke.com and in the couple of Facebook uh, sites, uh, pop and smoke and the, the military veterans overseas a lot of good info on both of those and thanks for sharing your info and it's, it's awesome uh, what you guys have been doing. I mean, it's been seven years now traveling and, and then living for the last two or three years overseas. So it's uh, a lot of people are envious that you guys have been able to pull that mm -hmm. off. Yeah. No, right. come join us. All right. We'll do. All right. For now we are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to veteran on the move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, Leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.